Welcome to the Make Life Less Difficult podcast. This podcast explores what it means to make life less difficult for each other and for ourselves. We share stories of struggles and successes because we believe sharing our stories eases the difficulty of life. I'm Lisa Tilstra, your host. Let's jump in to today's conversation. My guest today is Sue Harvey. Sue established Riverwise Leadership, previously known as New Direction Strategy, to help leaders and organizations do change better. Working at the intersection of leadership coaching, team effectiveness, and change management, Sue guides leaders and teams to unlock their creativity and innate wisdom to deliver meaningful, lasting change. Sue serves emerging leaders and C-suite executives across a range of industries, including life sciences, technology, healthcare, and professional services. She's a highly rated faculty member for leadership development programs at a leading global professional services firm, and is also the founder and lead coach for Creating What's Next, a peer coaching program for women in career transition. Before launching her own company, Sue was involved in organizational change from every angle, as a leader, as a team member, and as a C-suite advisor. Previous positions include Chief of Staff to the CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts, Deputy Communications Director for the Minority Leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, and Executive on Loan to the Rose Kennedy Greenway Conservancy. A Williams College graduate, Sue holds certificates in leadership coaching from Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership and in change management from Prosky. She completed the Center for Creative Leadership's Leadership Development Program and UMass Boston's Emerging Leaders Program. Sue is the recipient of the Wonder Woman Award from the Massachusetts Women's Political Caucus. She lives outside Boston with her husband, two children, and a rotating menagerie of pets. Sue and I met last summer and sensed an immediate connection. It's truly a delight to share this conversation with you today. Sue shares pieces of her journey and transition out of the corporate world where she had been extremely successful and yet came to a place where she knew she wanted and needed a change. We talk about the courage that it takes to make such a change. Sue shares how she was inspired to act through watching someone else's courageous act. And we discuss this power and contagion of courage. Sue, thank you so much for sharing these glimpses into your story, the wisdom you have cultivated and your humble courage and transparency. You are an amazing inspiration and you embody the courage that we talk about. And I hope that many, many, many people catch the contagion of courage from you as your story is shared through this platform. Sue, welcome to the Make Life Less Difficult podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. This is a lovely opportunity. You and I met for the first time, what, maybe five, six months ago, August. It's now January. And I just felt this immediate connection to you and just had the sense that you are an amazing person with amazing stories. And we've been working to schedule this podcast. And it's one of those that I've been looking at my calendar. I'm like, when? when is Sue going to be on? And so I'm so grateful that we're here. We get to have this conversation. Oh, I'm so excited. And I had that same feeling. So I think uh, a fellow traveler and appreciator and 
and creator of stories uh, is what I saw in you. So I'm excited to jump in. Well, as we begin, I have my one standard question that I ask around the theme of making life less difficult. Coming out of this quote by Marianne Evans, what do we live for if not to make life less difficult for each other? And I would love to hear, what does that mean to you? Well, first I have to say that just hearing that every time I hear it and is prepping for this and thinking about this idea, I just feel more relaxed just this just this this idea of us being here for each other to make life less difficult i think is really beautiful and um it includes two important ideas one is that um life is difficult it doesn't, it doesn't say make it easy it doesn't it's sort of like it's gonna be hard we can make it a little less hard and that's valuable to do and what's possible for that is if we do it with each other and for each other. And so um, I just love that. And I think, I think for me, I think we always, we often go to helping and doing and actions and um, sort of transactional giving and taking. And, and really one of the most elemental and also enduring ways that I have found people can make life less difficult for each other. And I've been on both ends of this is just by the simple fact of saying me too. Mm. Just by saying I have been there. I have felt that. I know what that's like. I see you. And, you know, when Lisa, you and I met in a, uh, we were running a leadership development program. And I often find in those sessions, if I can get to the point where people understand that they're not alone, that they're actually all having the same feelings of isolation and fear and questioning and am I good enough? You can just feel the whole room relax. And that is what empowers all the rest of the growth that happens through the week. Yeah. And it's that same idea of I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And the only one who can do that for someone is another human in the same situation. It's so true. It's so true. And it's, it's a fairly significant part of my motivation to do this podcast, because in my own journey, there have been many times where I have felt alone. And I have come to believe that our human brains just tell us this myth that we're alone, nobody understands. And, and I'm not sure where that necessarily comes from. And yet it does seem to be fairly universal as I work with people and you work with people from all around the world. Absolutely. And it something that has been transformational for me is hearing other people's stories of realizing I'm not alone. And, and especially when people are willing to share some of the difficult, challenging times that they went through, that it all hasn't been a cakewalk and Sometimes I, I, I'm thinking of somebody very in particular that I looked at this couple and thought they were just the perfect couple and, you know, 20 some years ahead of me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I, I think I was in the midst of my first marriage and thinking I'd made a huge mistake. And, you know, this woman saying one day, you know, we'd been married for, you know, a year and a half or so. And then I looked around and thought, 
oh Lord, what have I done? <laughs> it just that little crack yeah. into her story Ooh. was this really, I'm not the only one. There's hope yeah. <laughs> for me yeah. and us. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow then it takes all the weightiness of the situation away. And then you can address whatever the problem is. You know, we have to figure out a joint bank account or we have to decide who's doing the dishes, but it's not, I've made a terrible mistake and ruined my life or I'm the only one or I'm flawed. It's just, we have to figure out the dishes. It takes all of that um, kind of mystique and mystery away just by knowing there's other people out there doing this and and I, I think especially with the advent of social media there's so much of the I have a friend who says you know Facebook is um is your sort of photo album but you don't get to see people's journals mm-hmm. right and so all we see is the pretty up curated best moments of people's lives. And that's why things like this and telling stories and having moments where you can tell the real the, or the whole, the whole truth, because the pretty pictures are part of the truth, but they're not all of it. But to hear the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's just, it just creates the sense of ease. I mean, it makes life less difficult. It makes it tolerable because it yep. normalizes it. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, when you were sharing initially how the the wording of making life less difficult for each other just kind of relaxes you a little bit, it warms my heart to hear that because I, I feel similarly. And not every not everybody has that reaction. There are some people that think that we should life is not at a baseline difficult and there's different perspectives, which I think are so incredibly interesting. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I still kind of experience life as difficult. So I, I've got more growing to do and maybe someday I get to that point <laughs> where it's, it's not difficult. I don't know, but for now it just, um, there's a connection point there with the, I mean, sometimes it's through our pain points that we connect as humans. Mm-hmm. And I, I have come to find these moments of connection that do come from some of the more challenging, serious, sometimes sad, sometimes painful times in life, they are, um, they're, they're just an amazing, amazing connector. And out of the connection can come some of those beautiful moments, those sacred moments of connection and oftentimes joy that comes through that connection, even though the difficult time might still be present. And so it can be transformative. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just, I was thinking that's not the same as what's possible when you're sharing highlights, when one is sharing highlights, right? So um, I just went on this amazing vacation. Oh, really? Where'd you go? We went here. What'd you do? that's kind of the end of that conversation. And the other person comes out of it, maybe a little curious about that place, maybe a little jealous, generally flat. Like I just, okay, I just listened like I was supposed to. And now we're done with that. Yeah. But if I said, um, we, we couldn't go, somebody got COVID, this thing happened, there's a hold, then there's, there's opportunities for 
empathizing, for problem solving, for sharing uh, in a in a much more rich way where the other person can actually have a role where there's actually kind of support needed. Um, so so I think I think that's true. And I think we can also enrich other people by sharing our difficult times in a way that's not true of sharing our our highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was I was going to say cuz one of the one of the stories that that I often tell and one of the big kind of um challenging moments in my trajectory was when I was leaving the corporate world and I I had gotten to a point where I just wasn't going, I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't, I was stable, but nothing interesting was happening. There, there didn't, um, there didn't seem to be good opportunities. And, um, and so I was, I was really, and I had tried all the things. I wrote job descriptions. I made proposals. I took on projects. I did extra, you know, I did all the stuff you're supposed to do. And, um, and it was starting to get really kind of soul sucking because Mm -hmm. I was, putting uh, what the best I knew to put into the situation. And I'd been there for 15 years. I had a lot of commitment to the company and nothing was landing. And so it was sort of this um, isolating and confusing experience that I hadn't quite named as those things. I was kind of the doing the right things and kept throwing, kept throwing myself against the brick wall. <laughs> and um <clears throat> and what happened was, so this is back in uh, 2018, um, and Christine Blasey Ford, who you remember, may remember, was a, um, a professor who had gone to, I guess, high school with Brett Kavanaugh, who's now on the Supreme Court. And there were hearings where she was sharing her understanding of her experience with him in high school. And you could tell why, I remember sitting in the office and watching her, um, watching the hearings, and she did not want to be there. She did not want to be saying these things. They were absolutely true in her experience. In her experience, there's different versions, but in her experience, this was true. And she had, by whatever series of evolutions for herself, gotten to the point where it felt like she had to say what was true for her in the face of media and like really skeptical old white men asking super surly questions, like all of this. And she just said, here's what's true for me. And what struck me out of that, and there's lots of themes coming out of that whole experience, but what for me at that moment, her courage to just say, come what may, wherever the chips fall, here's what's true for me, um, really just broke something loose in me. Mm-hmm. And so my experience is not parallel to hers in any way, except for that I had something to say I hadn't been able to say. Mm-hmm. And the next day I called my boss and I said, this isn't working. We have to do something different. Give me a job or give me a package, but we got to, we, we can't stay in this limbo. Wow. Um, and that was because, you know, courage is contagious. And so that's, that's a very small fraction of everything she accomplished with that. But for, for me, she'll always have an important part in my story. 
because she was willing to say what was true. It's it's really powerful hearing you share how her testimony impacted you and moved you to action, Sue. It's like the next day you're talking to your boss, something has to change. And it's amazing, right? When we see other people stand up with courage, how it, yeah, I mean, I love what you say. Courage is contagious. And I can't help but think this is the, this is something we need to go into a global pandemic, right? We need courage to be a global pandemic and spread. Yeah. And I, and I hope, so one of the things that I, so I left and I started this business and I, one of the first programs I created was for women in career transition. And it was built as a peer coaching program built on that idea that courage is contagious because all of us have days when we're strong and days when we need somebody else to be strong that we can watch (laughs) and borrow from. And so, and that's the idea is, you know, if you get a group of women or or men, but this was women Mm -hmm. who can then be growing together and watching each other and kind of feeding in the most productive way off of each other's progress reassuring each other in the hard times. Yeah. Yes. And I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because as we are talking and, you know, talking about connecting through the pain points and connecting through the challenging times, I sometimes have people get a little bit uncomfortable because it's like, I don't know, it can come across as depressing. All oh, all are is that all you want to talk about? The hard times, the difficult times, the sad times. And and it's it's not. Um, so how do you approach this sometimes and find the balance of really noticing and focusing on the positives as well, and yet keeping it real with the challenging times? Does that does that make sense? I think so. Let me uh, let me try. <laughs> we'll see. Um, the, I'm thinking of an example, so mm-hmm. we'll see how this goes. So. Um, for the last 18 months or so, I have had a project with kind of multiple tendrils. And so there's been a group of five of us working on this change management project in a biotech company. And the because of a series of things, the work has uh, wrapped up relatively abruptly. So, so what what I had set up for this group was everyone was doing their projects and then the five of us would meet once a week as a change management team and just support each other. And so we would problem solve together. We would reinforce each other. We would learn from what was working. Um, Most of the time it was focused on the project. Sometimes it was, uh, I just, you know, interviewed for three different coaching clients and I didn't get picked for any of them. And I'm worried I'll never get picked for anything again. (laughs) You know, and we would sort of swarm around her and no, 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 that happened, you know, all these different um, things. And so, so this is this beautiful thing that we created out of this one particular project. And just earlier this week, we held our last meeting because the work is wrapping up and it was both. It was both um sad because we wish the we wish 
the wrap up had gone a little bit differently. It was sad because we're sad to not be um, working together anymore in this form. But also we did just appreciations for each other and what this group has meant. And, um, and we talked about the spirit of abundance that everybody had brought to the work and to this forum. And we could bring our bad days and we could bring our successes. And it was all sort of nourishing and contributive. It wasn't competitive or I did it better or anything. And so, so I guess that's the both and is yes, this is, this has been, we're sorry to see this go. And there's a lot that's been beautiful and we're going to think about how to continue to stay in touch and hopefully there'll be more projects. Um, but I think out of those challenging times can come those beautiful conversations. Yeah. I appreciate that story and, and the both and perspective. And I think I know for myself growing up, I, consider myself, my, my family, very loving and also not well-rounded in the realm of emotions and communication. And the focus was on positive, you know, shutting down the negative. You're okay. You know, stop crying. Okay. Like, you know, or if there's conflict, no, 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 just give in, pretend it's okay just try to do whatever to keep the peace. And so maybe as I come, you know, have grown out of that in my adult life and face difficult times, finding those places to be able to talk about it. It's it's like, that's what stands out. And I love the, the beautiful, the focus on the abundant and, and what's going really well as also. And yet I, I think maybe I feel like, and, and I don't know if we could say this is, Actually, I think I can for sure say it's not just Western societies, but many societies around the world really want the focus to be on the positive and there's not space for any talk about the challenges or the negative emotions. And so maybe that's why I feel so passionate to recognize the difficulties and then open a space to talk about it, going back to not being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it takes courage. My experience has been if you if you're in a negative situation and you're willing to name it and feel the feelings and kind of walk into it as opposed to shove it aside, there's so much relief and then possibility and then beauty that can come out of actually being part of that experience. Yeah. But it takes courage to, you know, walk into the darkness to, to be overly dramatic about the image, but but mm-hmm. that's kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And and it takes faith that there is something important on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, something I valued about one just getting older and living more days, <laughs> and having friends who have lived more days, and then also being in this profession where we help people work in ways that um, feel right and good to them, I get to see more things come full circle. So I get to see really dark times turn into possibilities 
turn into, um, you know, a good stable place. And then they turn into dark times again and the cycle starts again. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I find myself kind of collecting those stories like, Oh, here's one that, Oh, look, it came all the way back around. Like here's a friend who had a really hard time getting pregnant. And it was right when I was starting my job and we were trying to do these things together. We were both trying to create something. And, um, and now she has a beautiful newborn baby and there was a whole lot up and down in the way, but that to me, um, seeing the whole of the story gives me courage to start in the dark place and see where it's going to go. Mm. Not that we have a choice, by the way. I mean, the dark places show up, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, um, I guess it's whether you fully go into it or just pretend it's not there. That's really the only choice. Yeah. Yeah. The, the theme of courage that you're bringing up, I mean, it takes me back to the first, um, vignette you shared with the leadership workshop where we met and when you have a lot of high performing leaders meeting together it takes it takes courage for that first person to say i'm struggling with my confidence i'm not entirely sure like i like what i'm doing but you know it takes courage and there's risk involved and and so yeah, I mean, I think the theme of courage here is really important and to recognize as much as I have shared my story and I and I know it has been transformative to me, it has been healing for me to share my story in different ways with different people and almost every opportunity I have to share, whether it's in a one-on-one conversation or in a larger conversation, I I have some doubt. I have some fear. And, and that courage is to, okay, well, let me push through. I believe that there's value on the other side, the faith component that you said. And, and yet, I mean, as I mean, I I do a podcast telling this and I still feel, feel a sense of fear and sometimes holding back and uh, does anybody, does anybody really want to listen to my stories? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, because that's human and also because some people are jerks. So that, <laughs> so people are going to take a swipe, right? Anytime, um, not anytime, but when you're putting something out in the public and it, it doesn't have to be the full, you know, entire web, but, but when you're doing mm-hmm. something with people, you're vulnerable to that. And, um, and that's scary. That's scary. And it's, I mean, I love the definition of courage, which is being afraid and doing it anyway, right? Yes. It's not the absence of fear. It's it's because if we weren't afraid, it actually wouldn't count as courage. That's just doing things, right? That's it's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I actually just made me think of a story. Uh, I did a large group um, workshop essentially a couple weeks ago, and I. Um, I later heard indirectly that someone had shared some pretty negative feedback, not with me, but with a, with a shared colleague. Um, And this was despite the fact that I had asked that person particularly for feedback a couple of times. Oh, wow. 
and I can still feel this is a little while ago now, but I can still feel like the waves of shame that just and and confusion, what happened? Why did I, you know, I must have done something wrong, like all of those things that happen in the face of criticism. And and then I kind of put myself back together. And by by I put myself back together, I mean I got my people around me, right? <laughs> I got my people who would say me too. I've been there, I've heard that, you know, that's happened to me. Um, anytime you're up in front of a group, something can happen like that. And um, and so I've I've mostly been able to manage the impact of it on me. And I, you know, I looked at what the feedback was. I took that, you know, there's always some kernel of truth. So I took what was valuable. I kind of set aside the rest of it. Um, but that process of this can happen. I have all the feelings and I can get through that. I've got people around me. I have enough resource. I have enough other positive experiences. I can put this in context. Um, is, is, yeah, it's like another, another story. And I, I, mean, I haven't come full circle on this one. I can feel it. It's not totally processed yet, but it, but it is processing mm -hmm. and I, I will be okay. I'm not going to stop doing this work. Yeah. Um, because of this and so and that's how we get stronger I think yeah I appreciate you sharing that and the question that comes up for me Sue is what is the process as you kind of look back over time is what's the process been for you to get to this point where you are able to reach out to your people ask for support. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's always been that way and you've always had kind of this process during situations like that. But if not, I'd be curious of how have you learned, right. To, to take care of yourself, to make th this is a difficult situation that you are describing. And, and it's like, you're, you're intentionally noticing it and then choosing behaviors, choosing, you know, making choices to make it less difficult. And like you said, you still feel it. It's not like it just makes it disappear, but it's making it less difficult. Yeah. I definitely did not always. <laughs> that, that, that makes me feel better. Think, yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> well, and I think actually the opposite, I think for a really long time, I worked pretty hard to make sure I would never be in a situation where I would get feedback like that. I think oh, I just wow. didn't, I didn't try stuff. I didn't, I wouldn't get in front of large groups. And I mean, my history, my professional history is of being the person behind the person. Mm -hmm. I was a press secretary. I was a chief of staff. I was the person holding the portfolio or the talking points and handing them off before somebody went to the microphone. Mm -hmm. And so it's been this deliberate stepping into the spotlight and hearing my own voice and using my own, figuring out what my own voice wanted to say and then living with what comes back. And so, so how did I, how do I handle that? I guess the, the first, so I'm, you may probably know the Brene Brown often quotes Teddy Roosevelt and there's this, um, it's called the man in the arena, um, which I actually have right there and I'm not gonna read it, but, I, but the idea is basically, um, unless you're in the arena and fighting, you don't get to tell me what you think. Mm. 
So um, the person who is bloodied and battered and lying on the floor, that person gets an opinion, but everybody else, you know, the critics don't, we don't care. We don't care. And so that helps me. And, and also Brene Brown talks about, you will get beat up. You will. It's not what, it's not if you happen to, it's like part of doing this work that we're doing, part of talking about humanity and feelings and people in real interactions means you're going to get smacked around sometimes. And so in some ways I can see it then as the fact that that happened means I'm pushing far enough. I'm pushing my own envelope. I'm taking, Mm -hmm. I'm taking, I'm taking enough risks Mm -hmm. because I'm getting brushed back sometimes. That in, in the first minute, that is not what I thought at all. <laughs> but I, can get, I, can I like that perspective. I, I like that there. perspective. Yeah. yeah. That wouldn't be my yeah. first thought either, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so that means I'm doing something people are noticing. Mm. And, and people push back also for all kinds of reasons that don't have anything to do with what I actually did. So you don't know what button you stepped on or, you know, what what complexity you walked into. So, so that's what, so the reframing and, and then I have built, and I'm sure you have also this, this group of people that I trust to be real with. Mm -hmm. And they have called me in tears and I have called them in tears and we've called each other with business quite you know client did this thing how do i fix this invoice what all the from the tactical to the um existential and i now practice 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 now no pick up the phone it's okay it's okay to share the hard stuff it's okay it's actually kind of the only way to move through it mm-hmm. because sitting by myself with it like all all the little crazy people in my head are like, wait, let's get the pitchforks, <laughs> start beating her up, let's make a mess of this. Yeah. Um, and I need some outside voices to counter that. And I'm lucky because I, I have that, I've built that in my world. Yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a beautiful gift to have those people in our lives. Yeah. 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 What do you say to people who say, I don't have anybody like that in my life? Well, I think you can, I think you can find them. I think it, I think it starts, well, your coach is one of those people for starters. <laughs> if you're working with a coach, you have one. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's a really deliberate process. And usually the people who are in that sort of support circle are different than the people you may be currently going to. So I have a lot of people that I value for lots of other things that are not my go-to people for this. So it needs to be people who are willing to have the hard conversations. Uh, It needs to be people who are willing to share what's going on with them. And you may have to look some different places than your, your normal circles to do that. Or, and, or you may have to try some brave conversations and see what you get back. And some people you'll get a blank stare. Those are not your people. But some people you'll open up possibilities you didn't even imagine. Yeah, I think that's a really important part of this that I deeply resonate with where you say 
sometimes you have to just try and see. And I, I mean, there's all these different kind of faces kind of going through my mind as I think about different people and the blank stares and the, oh yeah, I shouldn't, that was too much here in this situation, didn't connect. Um, and I, it used to be stressful for me and I would go to that shame. Oh, I shouldn't have. And I overshare and I'm too much and all of those stories. And I think I've had to work at this because of moving so much in the last years of my life and looking for new friends every, every time and searching for those people. And I've kind of gotten to that point where I I'll jump in, I'll start sharing pieces of my story, pieces of who I am. And it's, it, it becomes fairly evident pretty quickly, whether someone is overwhelmed by that. And, and if they are, that's okay. That's just where they are. And I will look to connect with them perhaps in another way, but keep, keep looking. It doesn't mean I should stop trying to, yeah. 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 connect or I should, I should learn to hold back. I should learn to not share so much. That's not the moral of that story. Right. Right. Well, it's kind of like the Brene Brown. If you're going to put yourself out there, you're going to get some negative reactions. Yeah. If you're going to look for people who are willing to go deep and join you, that's not everybody. So you're going to guess wrong sometimes. Yeah. And that's, and then it's not, not personalizing the response. It's not yeah. taking that personally. And just yeah. move. okay, so that's a no. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that person either. That just means that that's not what's possible there. Something else may be yeah. possible there. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I continue to just think of this thread of courage. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of what um, transforms the dif- it what what transforms the difficult into the miracle is mm-hmm. to 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 stick with it to really feel it to um be be open to whatever the lessons or experiences are of a difficult situation because you can chatter your way through it or pretend it's not happening or ignore it or whatever and get through it but you but um you're still going to get a lot of the hard stuff, but you won't get, you won't get the value out of it. Yeah. Has that been a perspective and and I'm thinking specifically about this idea that we can grow, we can learn through the hard times. Has that been a perspective that you have? I, I mean, was that something you were taught when you were young, is that something that you have learned over time? How have you come to that perspective or even principle, perhaps? I think it's a it's a it's a learned appreciation. I don't think I was taught that growing up. And I think the approach was more um everything's fine or make sure everything's fine. It was really avoiding bad stuff. And if something bad happened, it was because you didn't do enough to avoid it. You should have seen this coming. That was, that's a whole other orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I've, I'm learning um, one to not be 
scared and avoidant of bad things happening, that um, it's okay. And things can break, but other things can come out of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I guess the other thing I would say is faith has really become really important to me. Um, and that gives me the context of this moment is just one moment. And whatever's happening now is not the only thing there will be. It, this won't be true forever. And so that, I think often if we're in a really hard time, it it go, it feel it like covers your whole face like it's all you can see and you feel like you're in this bunker just with the challenge and and the idea of it's not the only thing this will pass helps me to create like that little even like a half inch of distance so that I can see what else might be possible it's like it gives me the breathing room to then take a different orientation to it or see what other perspective might be there um, or what other help I can get or what can support me. Yeah. I would love if you are willing to share a little bit more about faith, what that means to you, how you define that, how that has come to kind of be central for you. Yeah. It's so funny because I'm, I'm careful careful how I talk about it um especially with clients like I'll I'll sometimes get there's often a point if someone's making a hard transition where they're just it's a it is a leap of faith it's like you just are gonna have to know that this is the right you made this decision for the right reasons and you're gonna go and you don't know what's gonna happen but you're and so um and what I found in those moments it is is it really is, I'll call it faith, capital F, that helps me. And so, um, and to me, I don't have, I don't really have a name for whatever the universal power is, sort of higher power or the universe or, but, but I do, I do have a sense that there is, there is a guiding force and, um, and I can, when I choose to, which is not always <laughs> kind of lean back into that <laughs> and be held by that. Mm. And so, and my, my biggest example of that is when I was leaving corporate, I just knew I, you know, I watched that hearing and it was like, you gotta say something. I just like the words just came tumbling out. And then every day on from then, that was like October, I left in December. I just, knew it was going to be okay. I don't know how I knew that. And I didn't know what okay was going to look like. But I, I remember saying people at the time, yeah, it, I just know it's going to be okay. And I don't have any word for that than faith because I had no information. I, you know, I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't have, I didn't know the password to my LinkedIn. I didn't, hadn't written a resume in 15 years. Like I couldn't name the job I was even doing. I mean, I was not like set up for success. um but but it worked so yeah and I I will just say just briefly on the kind of tactical or practical expression of faith for me it's two it's two things I'm a regular participant in Al-Anon which is a 12-step program for families and friends of alcoholics and so that's been 
hugely, hugely meaningful for me. And that's a large part of my, my circle, my trusted circle. Um, and I also go to this incredibly wonderful, progressive, eclectic church um, in, in a neighborhood of Boston that is radically accepting in a way that I can't even, like, I defy you to go there and not feel welcome. It is, they are just like, you come in your pajamas, you can come cranky, you can come without the snacks you promised to bring, you could come late, you can come, but, you know, if your heart's here, we're good. And um, those two pieces have, have really been the, the building blocks for me of the sense of faith. Thank you for sharing there's, um, I'm resonating from within on some stories of knowing, having that knowing that things are going to be okay. Yeah. In, in some very dark times. I mean, I, the, the image that comes to mind is when my first husband was ill and, you know, we, we knew he was gonna, um, not make it. And, and yet I, my faith was this very significant part of my journey in a fairly traditional way at that point in time. And, and I'm, I'm just so grateful that that foundation was it that that there was something inside that kept me saying it's somehow I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And I almost wonder if there's, you know, at this point in my life, when I look at it, there's an understanding language, there's creative generative power in the words that we say. It's not just a communication device. It's, it's, I'm saying it's going to be okay because I have this faith and, and at the simultaneously, I am also creating that reality and it doesn't mean it's all okay. And everything's wonderful and it's easy it's no. it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, um, there's an expression I'm going to mangle, but it's something about like, in the end, everything will be okay. And so if it's not okay, it's not the end, you know, it doesn't, it yes. doesn't mean that it's okay right now. It doesn't mean you love your life right now. Yeah. It's not about that. It's, it's about this bigger, all of this is in context and all of this is, is, um, I don't, I don't know if I believe in for a reason, but I believe in meant to be happening. What's happening is meant to be happening. And so, um, again, it's just, it gives, it almost depersonalizes it a little, like the, like the bad things aren't happening at me. I'm experiencing them, but they're not like because of me or because of, they're not about me. They're just things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think any way we can just get a little, distance from the um what can feel like an assault of badness when we're in those moments um that little distance can can help yeah yeah i i the whole for a reason piece that is certainly something that i had to process through and i remember at the time it was you know associated with a church and i remember church members telling me, oh, everything, everything happens for a reason. Someday you'll understand. I pushed back against that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my husband has a brain tumor. 
And if there's a God out there that gave him a brain tumor for some other reason, I'm like, I, I'm not interested, right? I'm not, yeah. not interested. Yeah. Um, and what I landed on that worked for myself that I still really believe in is, you know what, out of anything, I can actually create some sort of reason. If, if I have faith, if I have this, I have to sometimes work really hard at it, right? Yeah. But okay. What can, what can I take out of this? How can I grow? How can I help somebody else? How can I, right? Because I'm going through this difficult experience. Yeah. There's an opportunity for me to maybe help someone else or someone else to be inspired or see a little spark of courage yeah. and then have that contagion like we've been talking about. And yeah. that to me gets to be like, okay, there's an active role of creating some sort of reason out of perhaps chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that like A happens so that B could happen. I think mm-hmm. that, that that I struggle with as well. But yes, we can find meaning and purpose. Yeah. And and that is part of the processing of, of what's happening is how how where is the value for us in whatever is happening? Yeah. Because there can always be some. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to find. Something. Yeah. And there's different seasons, right? I mean, I think about seasons in my life where I was, I was really depressed. And in, in those times, you ju- I don't, I don't remember seeing any reason or greater purpose or anything like that. And yet I think about the people in my life who are able to be present with me and hold a space for me and, you know, help move me through those times yeah. where I couldn't see it. And those, those are really powerful times. Those are people that come to mind around this idea of making life less difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm, I'm in a, on a much smaller scale, but I think I'm in one of those darker times right now we just came off of this beautiful beautiful vacation we're all tired and sick and I've had some changes in my business and there's some questions about what this year will look like and my brain is foggy and I'm just kind of not I kind I feel like I'm in the like I'm walking through a room full of cobwebs I can't find anything I don't have any focus um I'm a little worried um, I might be more worried if I actually paid attention to it, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> kind of, and I'm just letting it be. There's no, it does somehow it's not yet the right time to go start doing all the things. Mm. My brain is foggy. My son is homesick. I, I'm, it's not, it's too runa. Um, but it, but it will be. And I think that's where having seen the cycle so many times, <laughs> um, that cycle has told me I can be quiet and out of sorts and distant and foggy for a little while. It will shift. Business can ebb and flow. It will flow again. And I'm taking a deep, big breath because I'm only partially believing myself, but <laughs> <laughs> but only but partially counts, right? Partially counts. It does. It does. And then I just keep putting one foot in front of the other and 
and I was imagining as this, as this kind of making these comments was coming to me, you know, this podcast will be out in the world and it will be the future and whatever comes out of this next cycle for me will be known. And so I imagine, you know, here's a little time capsule of that time that I thought like I was never going to get any more clients ever again, mm-hmm. but it's probably not going to be what happens. Um, and there's the cycle coming true again. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm, I'm appreciative of you sharing, right. And giving, giving just a, a peek behind the curtains of right now in this moment and also recognizing it's going to shift and it's going to change. Um, and I think it's really, it's really valuable to recognize the, the cycles and that we do kind of circle back around. I used to get irritated with myself because I'd find myself in the same kind of situation, same frustrations or worries or this and that. And I'd be like, man, I thought I worked through this and then I'm back. (laughs) And yet, I mean, life is like the circle of life, right? Like it keeps bringing us around. And yet I realized somewhere along the way, it feels like I'm coming back around to the same or a very similar place, but I, it is actually different. There's yes, there's similarities and yes, I have changed. I have grown. I'm seeing it from different angles. Sooner I'm able to say, this is just a season. I I know that it's going to, you know, we're going to come through this. Um, so. Yeah, I think that's really, I also have those kind of potholes I fall into repeatedly. That's <laughs> and a good think, description, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think it's not, it's not that we're never going to fall into them. It's we fall into them less often when we fall in, we fall not as deep and we get out faster. Yes. And so, and that, cause I do, I'm like, what am I doing down in this hole again? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, but you know, I didn't like set up camp down here. I saw it right away. Like, you know, and that's that's progress and we get to we get to cherish that even if we're annoyed to be in the hole because it's annoying down there. Yeah. Progress, not perfection. It's one of my progress, not perfection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. we're human and we have all the, you know, our brains it's hard to rewire our brains. We can over time, but it's not quick. So. No. no. Sue, this has been really lovely to spend this time with you. I am really appreciative. You know, I um, I think this has been, I think you have made my life less difficult. Mm-hmm. I think having this conversation has been part of, I can feel my body shifting and my energy shifting um, and the cobwebs clearing. So I'm so grateful and, and so um, delighted to get to, spend some time with you and you know be in the hard things together because that's what humans can do for each other yes thank you for sharing that i i wonder before we formally close you have talked bits and pieces about the work that you do and the business that you have um but would you take a moment to share a little bit more about what you do and your offer yeah absolutely um i'm very pleased to say that I am newly renaming my company. So oh, it will be called 
Yeah, so it will be called Riverwise Leadership. Ooh. And the idea is um, to be like a river. And so mm-hmm. to start with the fortitude that comes from the source. And so you're, um, so start with the fortitude that comes from source and then guided always by purpose. So all rivers run to the sea and the sea is never full. And so we have a purpose. We have a, a destination where we're meant to be headed. And then fluidity to be navigating whatever the journey is with all of the resources and, and um, trust that we have. So sometimes rivers go around things. Sometimes they take the shape of what they're in. Sometimes they wear away rock. They are very resourceful and inventive and they are um, resilient in their path toward their destination. So that is hence riverwise leadership, be, be of the river. Um, I'm such a water person, so... I love that. And practically speaking, what that looks like is I do um, leadership coaching. So one-on-one with leaders and then also team coaching. So helping intact teams work better together, improve their effectiveness, take on new challenges in, in the ways that they interact, make decisions, communicate, and then change management. So helping entire organizations do a new thing, take on a new system, adopt a new strategy, and bringing each and every person in the organization along, which is the only way an actual organization changes. So I have, I am the founder, I have a team that I work with, and um, and we, we help people adapt and change as they're pursuing the destination where they're meant to reach. Wow. Thank you. The river and the analogy and everything you described is so powerful and beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm testing it's brand, brand new. So I'm, I'm pleased to hear it resonating. It feels it for sure resonates for me. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. yeah, no, it definitely resonates. So I would love to include links in the show notes to your website, to LinkedIn, however you um, absolutely would prefer to have your contact out there and you're okay. Yeah. If someone hears this and wants to reach out to you. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. And I'll get all that stuff to you this morning. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's conversation and episode of the Make Life Less Difficult podcast. Editing is done by Joseph Burdock. Artwork is by Emma Burdock. I'd be honored if you took a moment to share this with a friend and or leave us a review. Together, I truly believe we can make life less difficult.